You are listening to the Staffing Tech Podcast Series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast episode discusses some of the largest competitive threats to the traditional staffing business model. Talent Tech Labs discusses with Allegis Group's president, Andy Hilger, how his company challenges the way they think about their business and incorporates that into their technology investment decisions. The interview concludes with some observations on direct sourcing as an emerging trend in the contingent staffing sector today. Let's talk about technology as a disruptor. Clearly, with so many new concepts coming to the market, and some of them coming as platforms that might be disruptive directly to the staffing model, tell me how you think about that. I think about it a lot, and and I start, and this might sound a, a little bit strange, but start with the realization that I don't know what will disrupt this industry. And I think anyone who thinks they know could be in for a rude awakening because by nature, disruption is going to come from the side. It's going to come from probably something that that you're not expecting. So you know, I, I, we spend a lot of time looking at traditional competitors and understand what investments they're making and how are they thinking about evolving their offering. And and we care deeply about that, but but we know that in the end, that's probably you know one area that we we need to be cognizant of, but not the only. And so we look at these platforms that are emerging, and we are out there at times testing them, and then we look at some of the the, the big digital players and think, hey, they've got the wherewithal, they've got the data. At times, you know, do they want to come in our direction? So. Yeah, we're we're pretty constantly scanning the market. We're kicking tires, and and you'll hear me say it again and again. We're spinning up experiments and figuring out, hey, is there a, a different way we need to solve this problem? And and so to me, you know, this this view of disruption is is a little bit back to I think it was the Andy Grove book years ago. You know, only the paranoid survive. I think we've got to be hyper vigilant and. You know, ready for for change at any time, and we've got to be just customer obsessed. If if we get too wrapped up in in the way we've done things, or or our historic orthodoxies, that is a, a recipe for extinction. And and that's been really refreshing in a lot of ways, but challenging at the same time. Refreshing in that people realize that there are no longer sacred cows, and and. While we need to stay true to our values and we need to stay true to our purpose, which is always about creating opportunity, you know, everything else is fair game. We need to be challenging the way we've done things and we need to be ready to, to think differently about this business. So I, I don't know that I have a, a, a great answer on which platform. I know I don't have a great answer on which platform is going to gain traction and, and you know, which, which model is potentially going to disrupt what we do. But, but we're going to do our darndest to, to be out in front, to be leading, and, and to be ready as, as this market shifts. Hey, Brian, if I could, if I could turn the tables, I'm, I'm certainly not short on thoughts or words when it comes to technology and, and how 
we need to be thinking about it and how I think it's going to ultimately be uh, radically transformational for our, for our industry. But there's some irony here because in a lot of cases, when I have questions about what's going on in our space and how technology is ultimately going to play a role, I call you. So I'm curious, as I've waxed on about various things here, whether it's AI or disruption or the incubation zone, you know, <laughs> what would you echo? What might you challenge? Are, are there some things that you would, you would say, hey, yeah, that's, that's interesting, but what am I missing here, if you will? Andy, that's a great question. You know, when we started Talentech Labs, we were had our eyes peeled for technologies that would be disruptive on a big scale. But over the course of time and, and studying carefully what was coming to market and what was having an impact, we came to realize that a lot of the innovation that was happening was actually working on incremental change, not disruptive change. And so things that were making little improvements were actually doing a great job at moving the needle helping processes get more efficient, helping recruiters find time back, helping candidates find the right opportunities to focus on, helping companies engage their brand with, with candidates and express it a little bit better. None of those in and of themselves are wildly disruptive. They tend to be incremental and sometimes in retrospect, say, oh, why didn't I think of that? Or, oh, that's obvious. But when it actually starts to happen and become part of the norm, then you realize that, wow, we've really moved the needle quite a bit. So in terms of technology and where people invest, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that you got to go out with, you know, the elephant rifle and, and look for the only the, the game-changing disruptor. It's going to be really hard to find. But I think incremental change is, is underestimated a little bit, but it's actually probably the best and most apparent use of technology. But in, in terms of the disruptors, you know, certainly there are things brewing that, I think will have a, a big impact on on staffing and how it's been traditionally delivered. And, and one of the areas that we're sort of cautioning now on is is this area of direct sourcing, because as as technology allows companies to keep better tabs on people that have worked for them or worked with them, whether they're alumni or prior placements that came through an agency, the more and more that they're able to cultivate and nurture those communities on a long term basis, you know, I think it's going to be very disruptive for staffing companies who've historically maintained those relationships, because now if your customer has those or the ability to do that, then um, it's probably going to be a different proposition they're going to be looking to their agency partners to solve for. And so that's that's an area that we, we particularly think that the staffing industry as a whole should be mindful of. Now, there's ways to play on both sides of that where you know agencies can be a curation partner that that work with the clients who have that talent network that's been amassed. And to the point you've been making earlier, it is all about um, service. And, and so that service layer really can't be ignored. Companies that have come at the platforms or, or these direct matches with a pure tech play, all in their, at least their first release, have been blind to the necessity for a service layer. And over time, as they perfect their product and actually make some penetration, it's because they're adding service layers. When you look at an Upwork, initially it was the tech will make a good match. You'll be able to find people without any intervention. But over time, they've realized that to address the enterprise, they need to have a service layer where they're helping to curate, having project managers who help the company that's hiring or the individual that's hiring find the best individual or shorten that search cycle or you know, create a pool of candidates that they can go to time and time again. So there's no, there's no downplaying or underestimating to that. 
that service component, which the staffing industry has traditionally been great at delivering. And that's super helpful and makes sense on all, all counts. We, we, we have had a rich dialogue for several years about the role direct sourcing may or may not play and how do we make sure that we're uh, delivering exceptional value and, and when and where do we decide, hey, that's something that, that makes sense for customers and our Allegis Global Solutions team has, has been out on the forefront there. To your point about incremental change, I don't know if you're a Jim Collins fan, but yep. he, he tells the story of the pirate ship and I'll probably not, not do it full justice here. I'll give you the short version, but he said, hey, a lot of, a lot of companies act like they're sitting on a, a ship as a pirate ship is coming towards them and they decide we've got to f- figure out how to fire a cannonball at this invading uh, a pirate ship and they miss. And that's the end because they're sort of grasping at straws. And then on the other hand, he says, you, you have some that, that take the, the powder and fire some bullets and they do okay, but they never figure out when to fire the cannonball. And I think to your point around incremental change and small point solutions, I look at those as, as bullets that we need to fire, but the, the firing of the bullets is all about calibrating so that we're ultimately understanding, hey, this is the value we can drive. And the real magic is then saying, wow, this can be really different. How do we take that, what seemed like a point solution or a small incremental change and recognize that there's potential for something transformational there and then scale to a a, a cannonball? So I don't know if that's helpful, but that's certainly one of the, the metaphors that's helped me think about some of those experiments and some of those things that feel like maybe incremental changes that, that ultimately could be when you, when you add it up, something that's, that's much more trans- transformational for a business. That's right. Now I'm a fan and that's, that's a great way to think about it. We think of that when we're um, about to release a new product, you know, we don't want to shoot the cannon. We try to do little rifle shots first and see if it's resonating with the clients. And if they get positive feedback, then then it's time to load up the more powder and, and, and shoot the cannonball. So clearly taking smaller steps is, is a prudent approach to uh, making sure that you've got product market fit. So let's spend a few minutes and talk about applying technology. Now, I've heard you cite Jeffrey Moore's book, Zone to Win, and it, in it, it discusses organizing your company to win in periods of disruption. So perhaps you could describe the zones and then explain how you may have applied this rubric to how Allegis has organized your technology strategy based on those principles. Sure. I'm a big, big fan of Jeffrey Moore and, and that zone to win concept. I've had the chance to connect with, with Jeffrey a couple times. And, and I think as I read through some of what he said, some of it challenged some of my paradigms and orthodoxies in a really healthy way. So I I talked about 2016 or so, us really starting this march towards how do we avoid being disrupted and how do we potentially disrupt the industry and how do we start thinking about second and third horizon type investments. And and so I was on this mission to say, we've got to disrupt ourselves. And one of the things that Jeffrey Moore says really clearly in his book is you can't disrupt yourself. You can't disrupt yourself 
from the inside when you're focused on delivering on today's promise. And, and so there's a, a little bit of a caveat there. And, and I'll use that to explain the zones. But Jeffrey starts to say, hey, most of what you do lives in what's called the performance zone. That's where most of your investments are. Uh, we hire people every day into the performance zone. And our goal is to deliver great, great value for our customers. And, and we shouldn't apologize for that. And we shouldn't distract people in that zone from delivering on those promises every day. Then we have a productivity zone that says, hey, if we're not improving the way that we deliver on that, on that performance, we'll fall behind. It's, it's a natural thing. We talked about industries and companies inside of industries being on an endless march towards finding optimal ways to deliver value. Well, you've got to be really intentional about that. And, and we've historically been really good at that. We've invested a lot in what I would call the, pro, the productivity zone. And that kind of lines up with that first horizon investment. And that could come in the form of training. It could be technology. It could be any range of things. But then, and this is where I think Jeffrey challenged some of my paradigms and really helped maybe me and us frame the way we think about our investments. Today, then you need something that's about your transformation zone. So what is the one big bet you're making and how are you thinking about uh, evolving your business and transforming your business? And, and do you have a clear investment strategy that speaks to that? And so you know, that made sense to me. And it started to say, all right, how do we prioritize some investments about the true transformation of Allegis as we think about global, as we think about services, as we think about you know, different aspects of what will be a big part of our future. And then finally, and this gets to the disrupt yourself, he said, you need an incubation zone. You need a safe space where you're spinning up new businesses. And in the end, these are small bets. These are not change the world bets, but they're, they're small bets that start to test market hypotheses and then allow you to say, wow, that could potentially scale. And then you have a choice to take some things out of that incubation zone and either bolster your existing product, which would be migrate those things into your productivity and performance zone and say, hey, this will truly enhance the value we're delivering today, or shift that into the uh, transformation zone and say, wow, this will be transformational in, in how we go to market and how we think about the business. So the, the Jeffrey Moore zone to win concept has been really instrumental. And for us, we look at that incubation zone as almost a venture capital view of metered funding investments. So how do we spin some things up and not look at them as an annual fund, but more think about Hey, how will we know that we ought to continue to invest here? And at what point will we want to scale that? So we've, we've done some pretty interesting things with, with a technology called quantum work, which is really providing universal access to talent and is a bit of a platform play for, for customers. We've done some cool things with an investment we made about hiring solved, which is really a pretty amazing a search and match capability that I think will have a massive impact or has the potential to have a massive impact on just how, how hiring gets done and, and takes the competency that we have and starts to turn it uh, toward the market. We've done some cool things with businesses like Career Circle. And so 
I don't know if that if that helps, but it certainly helped us and helped me be really disciplined about ensuring that we're putting our bets in the right places and we're really clear about what we're trying to get done with our investments. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Staffing Tech Talk series. Stay tuned for the next episode, Leveraging Technology to Improve Efficiencies in Staffing.